Welcome to the Victor Orlando Podcast. We exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus and to connect them with their purpose. To learn more about us, visit us at victoryorlando.com. Thanks for listening. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. Come on, that's good for a normal Sunday, but this is Easter Sunday. Let's give them our best praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you're doing. God is so good to us. I'm so glad you guys are here this morning. Happy Easter, everybody. Y'all are looking good in your Easter best this morning. Come on, go ahead and tell your neighbor, say, you look good. Go ahead and tell your second choice. They know where they stand now. Tell them, say, you look good too. And if you're single, this is a good time to exchange some numbers. You can get a date for maybe after Easter dinner. Just trying to help you out a little bit. Oh, that's good. Easter miracles are still taking place today. (laughs) Well, my name is Pastor Chris. I'm the pastor here at Victory. And y'all, it is an honor to uh, be here with you guys today celebrating uh, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day. And uh, I'm so excited what God was doing. We had a great first service and so I've been enjoying worship. Did y'all enjoy that today? Yeah. Come on, it was good. Well, um, when you came in, there were some cards like this on your seat. If you just take those out real quick, uh, and I, I would ask you, uh, just take a few moments here while we're talking and fill these out. We do this every year, called an Easter survey. And honestly, we take the opportunity that is Easter, um, you know, because everybody decides to come to the same service, and it's awesome. We love it. We're so glad. Um, but we take this opportunity every year at Easter to do a survey, um, basically because we want to make sure that as a church, we are serving you and your family and our community as best as we can. And so if you'll just take a few moments and, and fill this out on the front, there's some place for your information. Uh, maybe you're like me and you're always a little skeptical about, mm, do I want to put my information down? I just want you to know you can. Uh, it's safe to put your information on there. Um, no one's going to hassle you. No one's going to show up at your door. No one's going to spam your inbox or anything like that. just want to communicate with you as best we can, and we will respect um, your privacy in that way. So there's no hassle in that. It's a very safe card. There's a spot at the bottom for prayer requests. If you look on the back, there's just a couple simple questions that if you take a quick moment just to answer those here uh, during service, it'll really help us um, as we lead the church to make decisions that are really uh, impact your family and your life in the best way possible. And so at the end of service, you can drop those in the buckets. And, but uh, what I want to talk about today um, is uh, really what makes up Easter, right? There's, there's two really events, really two components that make up this Easter celebration that we're celebrating today, right? We, we know that there's the Friday, the Good Friday experience, the one where Jesus was on the cross paying for sins. And then there's the Sunday component. And the two of those together really make up uh, why we're celebrating today. They make up the Easter celebration. And um, so what I want to do today is kind of l- look a little bit at, at these two components. And I believe that um, hopefully make this a very meaningful uh, Easter for you beyond just celebrating and remember uh, what happened historically. Because I think so often um, we celebrate the historical aspects of Easter. You know, I, I know from my own life, I, I lived that way for so long where I, like, hey, thank you, Jesus, you died on the cross, you're alive. I, cel- I remember all the historical things that have happened, and those are good. We should celebrate those. Those are good. But I, I believe there's a, a deeper reality, a deeper truth that God has for us that if we can grab a hold of, can begin to change things in our life, change the trajectory of our life. And so I want to talk about that today. Um, really, I think when it comes to the Good Friday, uh, most of us understand Friday. Uh, most of us can relate to Friday, right? Jesus was uh, betrayed. 
by his closest friends. Some of us have been in that place. We've been betrayed by our loved ones, people at our, our work. We can relate to the abuse. Some of us have been abused. We can relate to the, uh, the physical pain in, in our bodies that Jesus suffered. Uh, we can relate to a lot of different parts of the Friday experience. I heard it said, uh, you're either in a bad day, you're, going, you're about to come out of it, or you're about to go into one. That's encouraging. Aren't you glad you came to church today? <laughs> but it's just true. It's just life is that way sometimes that we go through some, some, some rough situations. Um, and as much as we understand the Friday experience, sometimes I think we don't fully understand what Sunday was all about why Sunday happened and what it means for us today and, and who cares tomorrow? Like, what does that mean for my life tomorrow? Because I think if, if we don't grab a hold of something and understand, like, when we leave this place, how is it really impacting my life? How is it going to help my family tomorrow? Then I think it, it's missing the mark. So I want to look at that a little bit today. Friday, we know, of course, is the day that Jesus did for us what no one else was ever willing to do. I don't know if you ever checked to see how long the line was to see uh, who was in line to pay for your sins and, 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 and all that. That's a pretty short line. Um, Jesus was pretty much the only one in that line. Right? He was stepped in and did something for us, uh, paid our bill. Right? We incurred the debt of sin, and, and we know sin has a price. Right? Sin, the price tag for sin, Scripture tells us, is death. Uh, we've all sinned. We all have sin in our lives. Romans tells us that all have sinned and we've all fallen short of the glorious standard of God. So it doesn't matter if our sin is big or small or hidden or secret or everybody knows or whatever. Sin is sin and it always separates us from God and all sin has a price tag and sin, the, the price tag for sin has to be paid for with death. That's what scripture tells us is that that's the only way sin can be paid for. Well, that's a really a problem for us, right? I don't know if you've ever thought about that progression. We have sin. If, if we're going to pay for our sins, that means we have to die in order to pay for our sins. But then if we die with sin, what happens? Now we're separated from God forever. And that was never God's plan. He didn't want that. That's why Jesus came. Right? Jesus came. He said, hey, you know what? I'm going to step in because I don't really want you to have to die to pay for your sins. I'll pay it for you. I'll pay the bill for you. That's really the picture of what Jesus was doing for us, stepping in and, and paying the price tag of sin so that we wouldn't have to do it, right? That's why I always say that hell is not a place that God sends people he's mad at, right? Hell is just a place where if people want to pay for their own sins, they can, but we just don't have to. Like, that's the goodness of what Jesus did for us on that Good Friday. And, and so it's just so important for us to begin to understand that process. And if you've never had that experience where you've, you know, you've given your life to Jesus, then it happens in just a moment. Like, it's, it's amazing what happens just in a single moment. God, I give you my life. Like it says that he makes everything new. We receive forgiveness of our sins. We receive the grace of Jesus and all that he has for us. And the good news of that is we don't have to do anything to earn it. Did you know you can't um, make God love you more? <laughs> you can't make him love you less either. So, uh, you know, like we, we can't do anything to earn God's love or earn his approval. Like he gave us his life freely and fully, right? So what does he ask from us? All that he asks from us in return is that since he gave us his life fully, that we give him our lives fully. It's a free gift that he has for us if, if we're open to receive the forgiveness and the grace that he has for us. So really, um, that's what God is looking for. You know, God wants to be close to us. God isn't looking for perfection. He, if, he, if he was looking for perfection, he already had it in himself. So why would he need us? 
and yet he came seeking after us. God isn't looking for perfection. He isn't looking for people who, are, who think they're spiritual and know some spiritual things to say and do. He isn't looking you know, for even what we think church is. He's just looking to be our friend. He's looking to be close to us, to have a relationship with us. We see that in the, in the, we know that because at the very beginning, the first story in the Bible, Genesis, God created Adam, put him in the garden. It says that he walked with Adam in the cool of the day. Like that was the plan, was to have relationship, to be close to us, right? And we know sin entered the picture and messed everything up, right? But that was God's desire. He just wants to be close to us, right? Um, but I wonder sometimes, maybe you've had this thought too, if Friday was so powerful, if Friday was so complete, if Friday took care of everything, right? If, if Friday made sure that I could go to heaven and took care of my sins, then, then why did we need Sunday? Why, why, did we, why did he need to rise from the dead if Friday took care of it all? So I really, I kind of want to talk about that question today. Maybe you've thought that before. Maybe you've never thought it. Maybe you've uh, just never been able to verbalize it. But why did Jesus need to rise from the dead? I believe there's a lot of reasons for that. And we know pastors today all over the world are hopefully preaching on some of those reasons. We don't have time to go into all those reasons today, but I think one of those reasons could be why did Jesus need to rise from the dead was to, to prove who he was, who he claimed to be, right? It's one thing to make a claim, but it's another thing to back it up, right? So if I was to tell you, hey, um, I can dunk on you, you know, that'd be one thing to make the claim. And you'd be sizing me up like, mm, you're about 5'10", are you sure you can dunk on me? And you'd be right, I cannot dunk on you. <laughs> I could not back that claim up, but... Jesus, he, he made the claim that he was the son of God, that he was the Messiah, and then he backed it up by being dead and being raised to life. So it's one thing to make the claim, but he, but he then backed it up, right? In fact, um, that's where the, the enemy likes to creep in and lie to people and deceive to people and like, that's just a myth. He was just a person. Like, he didn't, he didn't really do that, right? But uh, that's just not true. Actually, Scripture records and actually extra-biblical history records that over 400 people uh, saw Jesus after he was resurrected, like they saw him and it was recorded in history. Um, I just, I love that idea. Like our God was, was dead. All other gods are dead. Come on. Right. Yeah, right. Come on. Acts chapter one, verse three references this whole thing of, of people uh, testifying that Jesus was alive. It says after his suffering, he presented himself to them uh, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over and over for a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So it's a wonderful reason he's proven who he was, he said it was, but that's not really uh, what I want to focus on today. Um, I want to focus on, on, on a different idea. Um, for many of us who, who maybe uh, know God, we've experienced Friday, and for some of us who, who, who don't, we, but we, we understand that there's a deeper reality for us. Why did Jesus need to rise from the dead? I believe it was this, is one of the reasons was to conquer death for himself and for us. He rose from the dead to conquer death for himself and for us. So it wasn't just for him. It was for us, right? So that's why we say, like, we're gonna, we remember the historical aspect, but there's, there's a deeper place where we need to get to of just celebrating what was happened to begin to experience the power of what that happened in our lives, right? Um, that's really why Easter exists. Easter doesn't exist for... Uh, uh, everybody to come to church. It doesn't exist for egg hunts and all those things are good and all those things are fun, but Easter exists, right, to provide power to our dead places, right? Easter exists to bring life into places where there is no life. That's what the resurrection power came to do. So Jesus actually uh, talked about this process in, in the book of Revelation. Um, 
This is after he's been crucified, he's been resurrected, and he's ascended up into heaven, right? His disciples saw him ascend into heaven, and, and here he appears in a vision to one of his disciples, the disciple John, and John writes down everything that Jesus says in a book, and we know it as the book of Revelation, which is the last book of our Bible. Chapter 1, verse 18, Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the living one. I was dead, right? He says, I was, but I'm not no more. Come on. He said, and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I, I love this next line. It's so funny. He says, I hold the keys to death and hell. You're like, Pastor, why is that funny? Well, you, just, you need to read humor in the Bible, okay? I don't know if you've ever read it and kind of like read humor in there. Y'all, there is so much humor in the Bible. And I just, I pray that you could read it that way. You'll enjoy it so much more. Jesus is saying, he's saying, I have the keys of hell and of death, right? So y'all are, okay. (laughs) The devil lost so bad. Like, He's so defeated, he doesn't have keys to his own place, y'all. Jesus took the keys to hell and death. Devil doesn't even have the keys to it anymore. That's funny right there. I don't care what y'all say, that's funny. (laughs) So we know that between the Friday and the Sunday that Jesus, he dies on the cross, he goes to hell, he beats up the devil, he takes the keys and he, it's, he comes back to life. He's raised to life on that Sunday. And it's as if he's saying, I, I've been resurrected so that I can unlock some things for you because now I have the keys. We know keys unlock some things. If you want to get in your house, you need the keys. If you want to get in the car, you need some keys. Keys open the door to some things. Like Jesus came to open the door for, for us from death, right? So that we could be free to live in him, right? That's good. That's good. The Apostle Paul says it this way. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings. So this word know that he says here, I want to know Christ, is, uh, it, it means experientially. I want to experience Christ for myself. Okay, you say he's good, I need to experience it. Kind of like that whole thing with Doubting Thomas where he said, I won't believe until I see the scars in your hands and the nails. He was saying, I need to experience something And that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, I want to know him. I want to experience him. I want to walk with him for myself. It's not somebody else telling me about it. I want to hear your voice, God. I want to feel you moving in my life. I want to speak to you, and I want to hear you speaking to me. It's this relationship that that's what God desires from us. And Paul is saying, I want that. I want to go beyond just knowing some scriptures. I know a lot of people who know some scriptures and don't know God. I know a lot of people who come to church and don't know God. Jesus uh, said uh, in the last days there will be people that will come to him and say, Jesus, uh, we we preached in your name, we did miracles in your name, and and all this great spiritual stuff. And he'll say, depart from me, I don't know you. It's all about knowing him and having relationship with him. And Paul is referencing this Friday and Sunday. I want to know the power of his resurrection. That's the Sunday. I want to know the suffering that he went through. I want to know the Friday. I have the forgiveness of my sin. But he's, he's showing us there's power that's available to us. When we begin to know him, there's a power in the resurrection that's available to us. If he could know it, then we can know that power too. And it can work in our lives. He says it again. He says, becoming like him in his death, going through the Friday. And somehow attaining to the resurrection, right? So letting that power somehow work in us. This is what I want to talk about today. 
This is is the whole idea of letting the power of the resurrection come inside of us. Because really, some of us, like we've experienced Friday, we've received Jesus in our lives. We're going to heaven. But our lives are still messed up. We're still dealing with destruction. We still have places we struggle. We're still tormented with fear. Some of us still struggle with depression and anxiety. Some of us, God, where are you? I, I, I didn't think I'd be in this place in my life. Some of us, it's in our finances. There's like, I feel like my finances are falling apart. I'm, I'm a breath away from not being able to make it. We're, but we're saved, but we're, there's no power working in us. The resurrection power hasn't come. In other words, we've received Jesus, but have we let the resurrection power come inside of us and confront those places in us that are dead and dying? We've got to let that thing work inside of us. That's what he's saying. So if you're taking notes today, I have a couple questions for you. Maybe in your phone, you got that out. I'll get to see the beautiful glow on your face. Or on the back of your worship guide, there's a place to take notes. I want you to write a couple of these things down. A couple questions for us as we talk about this whole idea of why did Jesus need to rise from the dead is that, first of all, do we know Christ? Do you know him? Have you experienced the Friday part where You've received forgiveness of your sins where you've, made, you've given your life fully to him. Have you received him? And if you haven't, don't feel bad. It's okay. You don't have to feel bad about it. You don't have to feel down about it. Don't, feel, don't, let, don't let other people make you feel like you're not good enough. Listen, Jesus came just for you. Don't let your past or, or something you're struggling with right now keep you away from him. Like, he doesn't care about all that. He cares about you. He'll deal with all that kind of stuff later. Like, that's, why, that's, the, that's the confusion about the grace of God, right? Sometimes people take the grace of God and, and, and want to make it into something else. The grace of God meets us where we are. It will always meet us right where we are, but he never leaves us there. Oh, that's good. He never leaves us where we are. He's always bringing us closer to him, right, closer to who he is. That's the grace of God. It's the grace of God by, by which we're saved, right? So if you've never had that Friday experience, man, today's the day. And in just a few moments, I'm going to give you that opportunity if you're, that's something, that uh, you, a decision you want to make. But many of us have had that Friday experience. We've received Christ. We're going to heaven, but we're still struggling in some areas. The next question is this. Do you know the power of his resurrection? Is it working in you? Do you know the power of his resurrection? And I think so often as people, we think that we've messed up too much. We've gone too far. Sometimes like, I had my shot and I blew it. Even if, even if he would save me, my life will still be wrecked. I could never be good again. I could never get back what I lost. This is, this is just where I am. So often we think that, but it's just, it's not true, right? We think that sometimes in our relationships, my marriage ruined, my finances ruined. But it's just not true. Like, it's never too late. It's never too far with, with our God. Why? Because he specializes in bringing the dead things to life. Come on, that's his, that's his speciality. So if you feel far from him, his specialty is bringing you to a place of closeness. If you feel like your dreams that you hoped for one day are dead, like that'll never happen for me, the resurrection power of Christ can bring those dead things to life. That's good, right? Um, we've seen the news in the last uh, few days. We know from Paris, the Notre Dame Cathedral had a huge fire. It burned down. Um, looking at the pictures, you can see, uh, I mean, I would say the building is destroyed, is ruined. Right? When you look up the word ruin in the dictionary, what it means is it says something reduced to a state of decay or collapse or disintegration. 
And I really think that it's really a picture of, of so many people's lives. Like the house is on fire. Everything just feels wrecked. Everything feels like even if they rebuild it, it won't be the same. And that's just not true. Like Jesus came to restore things. And so I, I, I don't know what it would have taken. I don't know how much power it would have taken, but it's available today. I, I've been praying this prayer um, for each and every one of you this past week. It comes from Ephesians chapter 1. It says this. Uh, it says, I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe in him. That's, we got to begin to understand how great his power is to help us. Do you know that God wants to help us? This is good news today. There's incredible power for those of us who've had the Friday experience. We believed in Jesus. And there's power that then comes in after that to help us with everything that we're going through. The problem is some of us just stop at belief and we never get to Sunday. We never get to a place of victory. We never get that power working in our lives. Here's what he says in the next verse. He says, that power that's available is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. That's a lot of power. That's a whole lot of power. So I don't know how much power it would have taken to get Jesus dead, lifeless, beaten, broken, bruised body out of that grave. But it wasn't a one-time thing. It's available today. It's available for your marriage. It's available for your finances. It's available for your mind and for your emotions and for your thinking. It's available for your heart. If you feel brokenhearted, it's available today. And if you've never experienced it, I know it's hard to believe. I know, I know it can be difficult to believe. And I know you, you would expect someone like me to tell you that, right? You're a pastor. Of course you would tell me that Jesus can help me, right? Like you would expect that of me. But I think if maybe we heard it from somebody who isn't a pastor and sits in the same rows that you're sitting in right now, that maybe that would convince you. And so I have some stories for us. So let's check it out here on the screens today. Looking back at being 19 and... Being a single mom, I didn't ever think that I would find a place where I could say that I had been married for 27 years. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't trade any of it because I know that we would end up here. It was actually a process of letting go. He reveals more and more this was never his plan, but he can work with it. And he has slowly shown me the beauty in all those broken places and that I don't have to be ashamed for the way that I felt. It doesn't hold me down anymore. He makes everything new again. I don't even feel like the same person that I was. And it's kind of amazing. Let's give God some praise in the house today. Thank you, Holly and Liz, for sharing your stories. Um, so here's, here's what I want to do today before we, uh, as we wrap up service here. I believe that uh, God is moving and speaking in the house today. And, you know, uh, I think he wants to do something in us, that he wants it to go beyond just singing some songs. And that was great and going on like, he wants to be close to us. He wants to come into all those places inside of us and begin to bring life into those places. When, when Jesus uh, was here on the earth and he first started into his ministry, he first started doing miracles and, and healing and preaching and all those kinds of things. Scripture tells us that he went into uh, the temple, which is what we would call church. He went to church and he went up and, and grabbed a, a scroll from the Old Testament book of Isaiah. And he began to read from chapter 61. 
And after he finished reading, um, he said that he put it back and sat down and said, today this scripture is fulfilled. So in other words, he was saying, today I'm letting you know why I came, what I came to do, that this is happening right now. And it's happening for us today. So I want to read this passage of scripture to you from Isaiah 61. And I, I hope you can hear the progression in there. From, from death going to life. From, from things seeming like they're in ruins coming to ashes. Right? In verse 1 it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. It's the first step of the journey. Is, is hearing the good news that Jesus paid for our sins. That we don't have to struggle with that debt and that burden anymore. He, he's come so that we could receive life in that way. And he, when he says to the poor, he's not talking about ain't got no money. Okay, He's talking about poor in spirit. Because without Jesus, we, we have nothing. There's nothing else that we have. But he doesn't leave us there. He goes on, he says, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So if you feel brokenhearted, like he's your healer, right? So we receive Jesus in a moment, but now there's a process where he begins to restore things in us, where he begins to heal things in us, where he begins to put things together. He said, I became to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So in other words, you're going to feel God's presence all around you. You're going to feel him working inside of you, doing things on your behalf. You're going to feel him working. He says, and I come to declare the day of God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion. So he wants to restore us. He wants to restore. So he doesn't just save us, which he does. He doesn't just heal us, which he does. He actually wants to rebuild our lives, to to restore the things that seemed ruined. He says, I'm going to give you a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning, and splendid clothes instead of despair. And here's the result of all that, what that happens. As, as if that's not good enough for us, here's what happens when that begins, when, when we take that power in our lives. He says, and they will be called trees of righteousness, right? He's, he's talking about they. He's saying they that felt that they were in ashes, that felt like they were drowning in despair. They felt like everything was ruined. They felt like their life was destroyed. That's the they he's talking about. They will be called trees of righteousness, planted by the Lord to glorify him. It's so interesting. Sometimes we we evaluate God's power in the scope of our story and our past. I'm so glad God doesn't take that into consideration. I I look at Liz and Holly and 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 the, the devastation and the ruin that they came out of in their own lives. And knowing them today and seeing them today, y'all, they are pillars in the church. Every like just seeing how they love and how they've let God rebuild their life and how every day now they're in this process of serving God and and helping others rebuild their ruins. Liz serves on our team. Holly serves on our dream team. She's in in kids right now, leading the kids in this. And she it says they will rebuild ancient ruins and they will restore former devastations. They will renew the ruined cities and the devastations of many generations. So Easter is not an event. It's an invitation to life coming inside of us. It's an invitation to resurrection power coming in, confronting all those dead and dark places inside of us and bringing light to it, bringing hope and bringing life to those places. That's Easter. So I want to kind of end a little differently than we'd normally end. Normally I'd say let's bow our head and close our eyes. I know God is moving and the Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts. 